Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome in. Bonus edition number two of Take Command. As promised yesterday, we're back today with another edition of Pick 6, the segment we do on the Hoffman Show each and every night of training camp at 6 p.m. where we pick the six most important things. And then tomorrow you get a full pod from me and Logan. So as promised yesterday, no further ado, no needed introduction other than to tell you that pod with me and Logan will be recorded early in the morning. Uh, I am actually going to be the one editing it and we will get it up as soon as possible. So make sure you're subscribed if you're just randomly listening and not subscribed right now. And I would say probably by 930 a.m. tomorrow, start refreshing your feed. Uh, you could, I will even give you permission to tweet at me and say, hey, where's the pod if it's not up by then. Famous last words. I've now jinxed it. Something dumb is going to happen. Anyway, see you tomorrow for a full pod. Here's pick six from day two of the joint practices with the Ravens. It's our training camp pick six at six, where we pick the six biggest storylines of the day from Commander's Camp, and we get started with how things went Overall, uh, for the two days of joint practices, and, well, they went well, um, which is good. But our number one story is that despite them going well for Sam Howell, Ron Rivera is not ready to name him the QB1 regular season starter yet. To give some background on what you're about to hear, Ron was very complimentary of Sam. And in a way that I would say he normally isn't. Normally, he's trying to, like, weave Jacoby in there and kind of all this stuff. And so... I'm listening to Ron answer uh, the questions, and I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. Is he is he trying to tell us something? So I asked, 
Are you ready with, you know, around the league quarterbacks being named as regular season starters like Anthony Richardson was in Indianapolis? Are you ready to name Sam Howell as your starting quarterback for week one? Well, again, I said I got to sit down with, with, with both Eric and Sam, uh, Eric, uh, Eric DeVita, and really evaluate it and, and make sure, you know, he's doing the things that we need him to do. And, and, and yesterday he had a really good day. We're really pleased with it uh, after having to watch the tape. And we'll see how it is after we get a chance to watch this tape together. You know, we're, we're traveling today, so we'll sit down tomorrow and, and, and go through it and, and talk about Sam and, 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 and really just evaluate that. Um, and evaluate Jacoby as well. I mean, Jacoby did some really good things too, so we feel really comfortable about the quarterback room right now. I think he's being honest there that he feels very comfortable about the quarterback room overall. Um, I don't think that he doesn't know where this is headed, but he does need to sit down with Eric and DeVita because telling the press that, hey, oh yeah, that's our guy, when you haven't actually had that conversation with your offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, isn't how you lead a football team. Isn't how you lead an organization. So I, I, some, some people are probably you know mad at that, and that's fine. I just, I guess this is what I've expected all along. I expected them to get through the Baltimore joint practices, and they're not through it from their evaluation standpoint until they watch the tape, get through that, and then as long as Sam has proven that he's worthy of being the guy, and compared to what Jacoby has done, which he has, they'll name him the starter. So. I kind of expect Friday for them to name him the starter. Um, might, might wait till after the Baltimore game, but I would be surprised. I think Friday, uh, Ron will will open up his uh, press conference by saying, all right, uh, before we get started, I just want to let you guys know, Sam Howell will be our starter for week one of the regular season. Sam's done a great job. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, as for how Sam thought of his performance these couple of days against the Ravens, um, he's tried to simplify things and talked about that after practice today. Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing is I'm just more confident in the offense and I'm way more comfortable out there calling the plays and knowing what we're trying to accomplish with the play that we're calling. Um, and I feel like I'm in a really good place mentally with what EV's trying to do and we're on the same page. And it's just a lot fun. It's a lot more fun going out there now. And I'm kind of just playing instinctive at this point. I'm going back to, you know, how I, I'm just out there playing football at this point. I mean, there's not really much thinking to go on um, just because I'm very comfortable with the offense. Quarterback is a thinking position, but thinking fast and, and overthinking are very different. Like, you can't be like, oh, the linebacker is here, so that means the route is there, and I've got to throw... It's got to be, oh, that guy's there, bang, ball. And, and it's got to be that quick, otherwise you're, you're dead. And I think you see some parts of this offense... There's not necessarily overthinking, but there's not thinking fast enough, and that is when he gets sped up. I think the one area where I still have big concerns about Howell based off these couple of days and based off the preseason is when he's facing pressure. It's a couple of reasons. One, he just doesn't have the file yet. He does not have the Tom Brady at the end of his career. I've seen every blitz. There is nothing you can throw at me that I haven't seen 10 times before, if not 20, 30, 40, 50 times before, and I know exactly where to go with the ball. He does not have that. His height has been an issue on in some capacity against pressure. When blitzes come in, and all of a sudden, he's got to throw over a blitzing DB or a, a defensive end that's been cut free, and that is a six-foot-tall 40-inch vertical jumping DB or a 6-4 defensive end. He's had a couple of balls tipped, including the one in the game against the Browns. It, it's something he's going to have to figure out. Where is the angle? How do I pump fake? How do I buy myself an extra second? How do I get the ball out that 
half second quicker so it gets over the guy's fingertips. It is something he will likely figure out. I, I know... I really don't have a lot of doubts in Sam Howell because I, I just love his mental makeup and his approach to everything so much. But those realistically are problems to be solved. But down in, down out in this offense, he's done a damn good job. Um, I think the dropback stuff has been pretty good. Um, inconsistent, but good. Um, I think the screen game is something that's still a work in progress for areas that are not Sam. I think that the quick game has, has gotten better and better as camp has gone on. And I think the biggest, most exciting thing about him is he has these incredibly high ceiling, make something out of nothing plays. And your big shot plays are ones that he can execute with relative ease because he has a huge arm and great touch and great feel on the deep ball. So I'm excited to see what kind of big plays he can get in the, the rhythm of the offense and then which ones he can manufacture off schedule where he has shown some real ability in training camp. Uh, the one thing that was a little bit concerning from Sam today is, sir, I know you haven't been named the starter, but when you're QB1, you can't get in the middle of a fracas. Um, and now Sam was at the start of the fracas that happened on the offensive field today where uh, someone hit him in the face mask and, um, you know, someone else was like, that's not cool. I think it was the commander's O-line, but it might have been Gibson, whoever whoever it was that came to Sam's defense. But if you're the quarterback, you just got to walk away. Um, and Sam was trying to pull guys out. And the leadership there is is great. But, buddy, you can't get hurt. Get out of, get out of those big guys uh, meleeing with each other. I asked Sam to close out his press conference today. Like, okay, that aside, what's your role as a leader when things start to escalate on the field? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's, it's tough to kind of control everybody when the emotions are so high and everyone's in a fight. But, I mean, just when we're, in, when we're in the huddle, man, just trying to get the guys to refocus and settle down. You know, obviously tempers are going to get a little high out here. And you want it to be competitive, you know. Um, it's, a, it's a competitive sport, and you want guys to, to truly care about it and care about their teammates and stand up for their teammates. So I think that, that stuff's all good, but it's just all about my job is to get those guys to settle down and just focus on what's really important, and that's their job. He's a, he's a wise young man, that's Sam Howe. Very, 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 very impressive um, with how he approached that and how he handled it. And ultimately, like, Ron yelled at everybody, but they did execute the rest of practice without any more issues after the big brawl on the offensive field today. Um, as for that physicality, number two in our training camp, pick six at six, moving beyond Sam Howe. Um, it actually started very early. It started in the one-on-one -on -one drills, uh, both the places that it eventually boiled over. The running back linebacker drills were intense. It was very, very clear after Antonio Gibson, you know, ran hard yesterday and Brian Robinson ran hard yesterday that the Ravens linebackers wanted to give a little bit back. And so this was their chance in a pass protection drill, one-on-one, -on -one, to really dud up and get some contact and go what is full contact in a blocking perspective. There's no tackling there, so there's no no calling it off. No, only the whistle can save you. Um, and that that got heated a couple of times um, and, and some extra shoving and things after the play. Same is true in the one-on-one -on -one drills, offensive-defensive uh, offensive line, commander's offensive line, Ravens defensive line. Things started very, very quickly uh, to get scrappy and eventually boiled over into a, a, a nice little fisticuffs, some guys getting thrown down, uh, punches thrown, all that kind of stuff. And eventually Ron just had to bring everybody together and say enough. And 
Um, at the end of practice, he reiterated that. Spent a long time talking to the team after practice, and I opened the press conference asking Rivera what he told that uh, that entire team group. Well, biggest thing I told him is, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to get a little bit out of control to, to be successful and have a good good work week. Thought they did some really good things today. Really pleased with a lot of the positives, a lot of the pluses. But, you know, we didn't need the fighting. And that was one of my biggest messages. Guys, you got to go out there and, and play football. You know, you got to perform. Do your job. Do what you're supposed to. All that other stuff's not important. It doesn't help us win football games. Just wanted to make sure they understand it. I think part of our thing is just understanding how to be a mature football team. And I think that's important. We've shown some good growth, some good maturity. But this was a good test to just understand what it takes to be really good. As for the actual football within those sessions outside of the fighting, um, Chris Rodriguez was awesome in pass pro today in those one-on-one drills. His physicality shows up, obviously, when he's he's got the ball, but that is, that's an important role in this team that they don't really have. They've always had that guy where there's Chris Thompson back in the day, J.D. McKissick, where you think of, oh, third down back, he'll get out in space and be a good receiving threat. But part of being a third down back is also bowing up in pass protection. And Chris Rodriguez is someone who in third and long situations might find himself on the field surely out of a pass protection. Um, and he'll get some draws and stuff and people, fans will boo because that's what happens when you draw on third and long. And maybe he can run through some arm tackles and pick up yardage and change field position for a field goal or keep you in field goal range or, you know, whatever it may be or pick up a first down. But largely he's going to be in there uh, because they're going to try to throw it down the field. And he's a guy that if he's got the mental side of pass pro down physically, can do some damage. Um, Alex Arma also, as a fullback, might wind up on the field in some of those situations because he is really impressive in pass protection. Gibson, a bit of a mixed bag on that front. Um, Brian Robinson went against Roquan Smith. That did not particularly go well for Robinson. Roquan's obviously amazing. Um, but Gibson, a bit of a mixed bag. But they they got into their one-on-ones, running backs, tight ends versus the linebackers in pass, you know, pass coverage, not pass protection. And Gibson showed his value there. He gets out there, routes up a guy, um, gets open, and and obviously when the ball's in his hands, super, super dangerous. But the physicality started early in those one-on-ones, and while there was some some of it that boiled over, some was just really impressive performances. Roquan Smith on the Ravens side, Chris Rodriguez, uh, the two highlights for me, uh, with Rodriguez being on the commander side of things. Injury updates for the day. Number three in our training camp, pick six at six. Uh, The left side of the commander's offensive line did not finish practice. Charles Leno planned Sadiq Charles not, according to Ron Rivera. We shut Sadiq down um, during practice. He was he was getting, he was feeling a little bit, so we just kind of set it down to be care, just to be careful. Okay. And how about Charles? Did you just rest him at the end? Or? Yeah, we rested Charles at the end. That was that was that was done consciously to get him off the field. Uh, as far as other players injury wise, uh, great to see Benjamin St. Juice back. He had a pretty good day. Um, and obviously being out there is a good day for him. Logan Thomas continued to work on the side field. I would imagine next Wednesday when they return after the Baltimore game, he is able to get back at least in individual drills, if not team drills. Um, and they try to ramp him up. I doubt he'll play in that final preseason game, but it'd be nice to at least get him some individual work, uh, with the team. And then big Phil still dealing with that calf chase young, still dealing with the stinger out today, missed opportunities for those young guys to get valuable reps against the Ravens' starting offensive line. Uh, Guys who did get reps against the Ravens' starting offensive line. D-line had an interesting day. 
Uh, first of all, happy birthday to assistant defensive line coach Ryan Kerrigan, uh, who was out there doing his thing on his birthday. Uh, happy birthday, RK. I know some of the commanders uh, tweeted out uh, some of his highlights earlier. Um, but he was not alone. Uh, not only Jeff Scanina, uh, the coach, but Warren Sapp was back out there today uh, in a commander's bucket hat, a uh, big old gold chain. Uh, but he was helping out with the D-line today, which added a nice little bit of extra juice to those drills. Uh, in the individual drills, it was pretty funny. They were doing kind of a, a footwork bag drill. There's three big bags on the ground. You have to chop your feet, get over them. And Deron Payne uh, didn't exactly crush it, apparently, during his rep. I mean, looked good to me. Very athletic. Uh, large man. Moves quickly. Excellent, excellent stuff. Um, but he did not not nail it the way that the coaches wanted. And he, laughing, yelled back to Sap. He goes, I don't do drills, man. I play football, which was a pretty funny line from Deron Payne. Um, I also thought it was interesting for all of the, the the fisticuffs that happened between the Ravens D-line and the Commanders offensive line over the two days. I don't think there was a single fight with the Commanders defensive line and the Ravens offensive line, which I think just shows the maturity of that group for as much as they bark, um, as, much, as intense as they are and as good as they are and as much butt as they kick, they know where the line is. And, and I don't think it boiled over from anything I saw with that group. Now, what you are seeing from that group is a very interesting, but I would say positive conundrum starting to emerge. They have too many good players. And a guy who is causing some of those quote-unquote problems is the seventh-round pick, Andre Jones, who got reps with the ones today opposite of Montez Sweat. Here's Rivera afterwards when asked about Jones. He's a dynamic young man. He's got some explosion off the edge. Um, you know, he's got a lot to learn in terms of technique and, and the scheme itself. But um, his talent, his abilities did flash, did show. So, you know, he's a guy that that's, we got to pay a little extra attention to this week. I Spoiler alert. When we do the roster projection next week, he's going to be on it. Um, no question is he going to be on the roster um, to me at this point as long as he stays healthy. He has pass rush juice, which they need um, some extra of. It's always good to have. But he's also, like, legitimately fast, like straight line speed fast, which is very valuable on special teams. So I think he's going to he's gonna make the team, and that kind of fig- makes you wonder, like, okay, well, he's going to make the team. Is he just going to be inactive? You, like, what are you going to do with him? No, he's not going to be inactive because he's going to play teams. How do you get him on the field? I think we're going to see a lot of Cinco this year. And I think we're going to see a decent amount, especially on third down, of James Smith-Williams and F.A. Obata inside. And I don't know who you take off the field necessarily of Payne and Allen. That's the problem is if you say, oh, we want to get one of those guys as a three technique, well, Duran's typically playing the one anyway, but you can line it up so you got two three techniques and and some wider ends. But, like, you got to take one of those guys off to get another defensive tackle in but in pass rush situations, who would you rather have? John Ridgeway, Phil Mathis, if, if Allen or Payne is not available, or James Smith-Williams or F.A. Obata? Both have worked extensively at uh, the three technique, at defensive tackle the last couple of days. Uh, we started to see it in Ashburn, but James Smith-Williams has worked a ton in Baltimore on the inside. Um, he's also had some really nice reps on the outside for whatever it's worth, including a, a sack or two, if I'm remembering uh, correctly, but it is very, very clear. They are trying to find ways to get more pass rushers on the field. And that is a way that they are doing it is moving 
those two guys, you know, Obata and Smith-Williams, inside more. But don't forget, Chase Young had started to do some of that in one-on-ones and individual drills. So I'm very curious when Young gets back. Like, could you imagine, we talk about what happens when Young lines up opposite Sweat, Anthony. What happens if Young lines up next to Sweat? I would be uh, scared if I'm that offensive line. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of speed, say. power, height, physicality, everything to 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 worry about. You don't you don't have help. No, and especially like God, they do it in Cinco. Good gracious! You could have like Sweat on one side, jo- Andre Jones on the other, with Payne Allen, like Payne at the nose, uh, Allen, and then uh, Chase. Like what? It's a lot of brute strength right there. A lot of speed. It's a lot of athleticism. <laughs> Good and everything. luck with that. Uh, that is number five, the defensive line on our training camp. Pick six. At, or Sorry, that's number four. Number five, I'll, I'll blow through these last two pretty quick as we're running short on time. The six biggest storylines every day at six o'clock. I'm calling this number five the Kaz Allen conundrum. Um, what do you do when a when a down roster guy catches a wide open ball or drops, I should say, a wide open ball? Because to get wide open, it means you have to be a good route runner. And in order to drop it, uh, you got to drop it. So um, some positives and negatives today with Allen. Um, he did catch a touchdown later in that same, uh, later in practice, 11 on 11 period. But we we're having a discussion on the sideline. I think Dax Bill only had six catches all of last year. And so it's like, okay, how much are you really missing if he's not out there? Um, but the, the problem I think is, is that he can more reliably in terms of assignment discipline, play all three positions. So if someone gets hurt in the middle of a game and you need Dax Milne to go out there, he's not going to give you spectacular production, but he's not going to mess up your offense. He's not going to run the wrong route, run a DB into another guy and cause the, the interception that loses you the game. He's going to be assignment sound. And that's really valuable. He also is probably a better blocker, which you're down roster receivers you often put in to save your starters from having to run block. You let those be the reps um, that that they get to rest on. So, Deami Brown's a guy that, that's been great at that. Cam Sims in the past, obviously no longer here, but like those are the kinds of things that you're looking at. So, it, it's not about who can catch the ball and be more dynamic. There's so much more to that last receiver spot. But if you do have a guy who can be dynamic, like weapons are weapons, and Kaz Allen is a weapon. So I have no idea what they're going to do with him. And obviously you have the punt return game um, where Dax is reliable to get you nothing, but he'll catch the football. And Allen is a little bit more of a wild card in ways that I think are mostly good. Like I don't think he's had a ton of fumble issues or muffin whatever. Um, his decision-making, uh, you know, I, I as far as I know is good. But I think I would lean Allen. I think most NFL coaches would lean Milne. It's just a really tough call, two very different players. Um, but today you saw it on display as Allen like shakes the dude, gets wide open, and drops the ball, and you're just like, but the catching, the wide, the receiving in the wide receiver. Uh, last but not least, I had a chance to follow up with Ron post-press conference today on Cameron Cheeseman. I talked about this yesterday. I saw the Burgundy blog picked it up, and so it kind of became a thing today. Luckily, he picked it up. Uh, right before I asked Ron about this, so I was able to quickly provide more context. But I asked Ron, like, are you concerned about Cheeseman snapping? And he's like, no, we're not. And I was like, I know he's working on a new technique thing, so I that's what I expected. 
Um, but like, what's the deadline where you go, all right, hey, these, these snaps are low. We got to get them up. And if not, then you have to actually start being concerned. And he said the game. So I think if there's more bad snaps in the game from Cheeseman on Monday, you're going to see tryouts on Tuesday or Wednesday when they get back to Ashburn and, and have the chance to do that for long snappers to come in and compete up until the regular season. It's a work in progress. I don't know why he's trying a new technique. It's something that perhaps I can ask him about at some point. Um, I'll, I'm now, I've apparently assigned myself the long snapper beat. But ultimately, like, it, as I said yesterday, nothing I said yesterday changes. It's just adding more context, right? The level he's producing at right now is not good enough. The level he's producing at right now is also not the level you would expect him to be if he continues to work on the thing and get better at it. Like, you have to let guys work through stuff. You have to let guys work through technique. That's Andrew Wiley at right tackle. That, you know, learning a new pass set. That is Cameron Cheeseman is a long snapper. It's, you know, a route running technique from Terry. It's it's whoever. It's John Allen, Deron Payne. Some guys learn faster than others. But by the same token, the calendar waits for no one. The calendar waits for no one. And you cannot go into a regular season with a long snapper who is unreliable, just like you can't go into a regular season uh, with without a plan for a right tackle who is, is having issues and on down the list. So hopefully uh, Cameron Cheeseman is getting near the end of this experiment and it is, it is something he can implement better on a more consistent basis. He was good from every snap that I saw today. Um, they didn't work field goal. They worked punt, but he was consistently on target. Um, so hopefully he is getting to the end of his issues and, and working through and perfecting whatever new technique it is so that we're not talking about the long snapper at any point during the regular season because it never is something that is talked about when things are going well. That is our training camp. Pick six at six. Six things from every single day that the commanders practice at training camp. Joint practice edition in the books. 